Welcome to today's episode. We're here to discuss The Irrational, episode three, The Barnum Effect. Now, this is one of those shows that has a protagonist with exceptional skills. He likes solving crimes or complex cases. He uses his uh, behavioral analytics to like uh, suss out people. It's kind of like numbers. Quirky personalities, like numbers, like uh, the, the mentalist house, psych, Sherlock, Lincoln lawyer, monk, the list goes on. This is the second NBC show in a row that you've watched after Found. Found does something similar, like the main character in that is sort of a genius at being kidnapped, or not being kidnapped, even though she was kidnapped, but like finding people who have been kidnapped. Yes. Yeah, but Found was, I found cliche. Whether yeah. it came to the dialogue. Found and, you hated. Yeah, I gave it so like Roger Ebert. Half out of 10. Roger Ebert hated found called it cliche and said the main character was too uh, much of the center point of that show. Well, with this show, they seem to like it. They said that um, it's more about the case by case, weekly procedural, like actual learning some stuff as you're going along. It's, it's, is that is that true? Yeah, it's better than found. I had my prior thoughts that I wrote out like a paragraph beforehand and I put this show has to be better than found, but this is going to be a standard case by week show with many plain one liners, much like found had. I also think that the overall mystery won't be that compelling and that I will probably give the show somewhere around a five out of 10. Uh, okay, that was my so prior it's like just very average. Five out of 10 is something I usually give uh, something that I would watch again. However, not unless I was kind of forced to. Yeah, like but I had, I had the seen only the episode yet. So that was what I was guessing was going to be the case. Got it. So after seeing it, though, what was your ending uh, review then? It was better than I thought it was going to be, but I'm still going to probably give it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> I would say that met, ex met your expectations. Yes. Now, you might be surprised because NBC is like the only network that's releasing new content that's not reality centered or like bringing in old shows and, and trying to say that they're new or from other countries yeah we've called we, i've talked about the cw and their waystar deal obviously uh, that has to do with the writer strike but what they did was uh, the 2022 2023 slate they held a couple shows back found and irrational and even though there have been like over a dozen of the shows that we've reviewed canceled throughout the writer strike the mm -hmm. peripheral uh, a league of their own some of them were actually granted another season and then they pulled back <laughs> and they like back, canceled. Yeah. yeah so um i also heard recently that daredevil uh the born again or what, what was it called i think it was daredevil born again yeah it's, um it, they just scrapped they scrapped the episodes that they had done which i think they had greenlit it for like 18 episodes over the course of one or two seasons and the showrunners who used That's to do millions Covert of Affairs, dollars a lot of they might still use some scenes like josh whedon when he uh messed with um the snyder cut this when snyder came in there and used some of josh right. whedon's scenes and vice versa when josh whedon <laughs> first went in there and used some of snyder's scenes um, that's what they're going to do here. Uh, they don't know who's going to head up the, um, like, it's out there. If anybody wants to go and submit their resume to try to be the showrunner of the next Daredevil <laughs> series and pitch where they think it could go, that's, you got the opportunity right now. Ken Burns is also coming out with a new documentary. So there is stuff out there. It's just that if you're looking for something new, that's like a procedural crime drama, um, is is this where you should look? Is this the next house? My comparisons were 911 East New York found, even Law and Order. And while I had some big problems with those shows, if you remember 911, I found it weird how they had the NoFap storyline in there. East New York, I thought that the main character did some things that would have taken away her cop's license like five or six times in this episode. This at least doesn't break its own suspension of disbelief. And I was really glad that it wasn't just someone dies and they have to try and find the murderer 
for the episode. It actually focuses more on a plane crash and what the motive behind the pilot, if he did it deliberately or not. Was. Yeah, and when I relate it to House, I mean because every case had a specific disease or um, condition where they had to explain and kind of teach the audience what that was and even <laughs> show in the body what it is. This is kind of similar where you're right. It's not just the dead body showing up and them having to like retrace the steps of that. It's also teaching you about the thing. Like the Barnum effect is an actual uh, psychological phenomenon that occurs with individuals who believe that things that are general statements are made about them, like horoscopes and mm -hmm. such. So how does that apply to this episode and this pilot? Well, right? Alec Martin, the, the professor where he lives, I think he's describing that. Alec Mercer? Alec Mercer, sorry. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> he's, he describes that to someone that I think he's living with. I, I didn't get the name of them, but he's describing what the bar. Uh, let me is. let me go through the names here. So yes. you got Professor Alec Mercer, yes. a world-renowned expert in behavioral science, the main character of the show, Jesse L. Martin. He was from The Flash. He's been a detective in Law and Order. Oh, he was the person from The Flash. Yes, That's he's the I detective in The Flash, but he's okay. also like, what's his name's dad, right? Barry's yes. dad in that. Um, and then you have uh, Marissa, you have Rizwan. Marissa is the FBI agent, Alex's ex-wife. Uh, you have Rizwan, a psychology Rizwan grad is, student. I would say is kind of the secondary character, like the second main in this episode, because he sees the plane crash happen and is really affected by it. In fact, that's like the biggest side storyline that this episode has. It, him being sad that people have died? Or yeah, him, him, him thinking that he has PTSD and just like not being able to get He's over. He's diagnosed kind himself of the, with PTSD. Yeah, and not being able to get over the imagery. He even like flashes back to the scene where he's seen it happen again, like Who's, in the episode. Is Rizwan the person that he? describes the Barnum effect too or is that no no so Phoebe uh Kylie or agent Jace Rich Richard Rizwan and Phoebe they are the graduates that uh that are helping Alec okay uh, yeah it's like his team again yes. like house Cameron and that yeah I was just about to say like house because the other doctors Chase. are like yeah they're not as and Omar Epps they're not as like they're they're still in college, right? Or they're they're yeah, he just needs out his of college team to like bounce ideas off of. I would assume everybody's usually got a partner um, in, in things like uh, not the rookie, but what was the other show that he was in? Castle, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you always have your partner. This guy has literally just two people who follow him around, sort of like they're his apprentices. <laughs> no, who Alec is speaking to, I think, is it? It's his roommate, or he has some relation to. He's definitely living with them, but he's describing what the Barnum effect is to them because they, again, they are trying to dig into Lucas's past the pilot of this because they really do think at the beginning of this episode that Lucas crashed it deliberately because although over half of the people on the plane survived the people that did die it was uh it was kind of housing these um these like women who were part of a big feminist movement and then they even go into uh Lucas's backstory and you see that he was part of Mastery Select for Black Pillars which are basically incels which was a direct shot at 100% Hustlers University, which is owned by Andrew Tate, and then uh, and then the, this is all flying right over my Lucas, head. Yeah, the the pilot. no no no. I I believe you. What I'm talking about is what you're making the direct shot to. Like I just don't pay attention to that part of the. Oh internet. well, it, again, Mastery Select Hustlers University. Yeah. 100. That that was all I know is doing. Hype House. That's <laughs> that completely separate. Okay, influencers, Insta I don't know. No, but he has a he has a brother. Lucas had a brother named Rory, and there was even probably my favorite part of the episode where they're doing a flight simulator and trying to figure out why Lucas landed the plane that he did. Yeah, and how he did it because he was trying to land it on this river, and they were like, "Well, why would he decide to do it that way?" Um, and as the episode kind of goes on and on, you learn that there was a firmware issue. This really shady character named Owen. Uh, 
he's kind of the bad guy for this episode, even though you're not supposed to know that when you first meet him. Uh, he didn't want to tell people about this firmware issue. It's actually a little bit like the Titanic that... Uh, I don't think the Titanic had much firmware. Well, no, there, were, there was an issue with these planes, <laughs> yes. is where it comes down to. And kind of, you mean the, okay. Yes, the yes, the one that happened. The this, Titanic yes, submersible. The one that yes. happened this year, because he didn't want to p- let people know about it, because he was afraid it was going to, they were going to lose money if he did, and so therefore yeah. he's I don't arrested. think it was as much a, like a firmware issue as it was like the actual construction of the thing and how they made cheap uh, parts and stuff like that. It right, more and, and he, well, he even goes, the software. Yeah. There's, a guy, there's a guy named Dave, I think that was supposed to really work on these uh, plane rides. He gets arrested in the episode and he uh, it was like supposed to be something that they could patch over in like a week. But Owen just decided not to do that because he didn't want to lose out on the money. Mm -hmm. um, When it got to the ending of the episode, I found that to just kind of be a little bit cliche because they detain Owen. And then that's when we actually get to see Alec uh, do his type of um, like deduction, his observation. Yeah, well, he's saying he says, let Owen go, because if they don't let Owen go, there's going to be a lawyer uh, present and so they're like we're gonna let him go and then alec goes into a bar and kind of uh, acts like he's his buddy and that's when owen is letting him know all this stuff that uh that happened and then that's when they arrest him mm-hmm. so okay. that was so the- he gets him to spill some of his Yes. yes. So that was the main storyline. Um, I'll get to the ending because I have my biggest problem with that in a sec. But when it was actually focusing on the plane, that's what I thought was the best parts of the episodes. I found those scenes really entertaining. And like I said, Rory, who is who is Lucas's brother, especially during that flight simulator scene where you have Rizwan and Phoebe and they're really like trying to figure out what was going on. I found that mystery to be the most compelling. The side storylines, I felt like you've seen in every other episode. For example, you mentioned Marissa earlier right marissa is his ex-wife yes yes he she is afraid to speak to alec and tell him that she's seen jace in the office who is another detective of the part or another officer of the department yeah the ex-wife is so afraid to tell alec and then of course when she does by the end of the episode he's like completely fine with it and he's like okay i have to kind of move on it's not that big a deal and then i was really disappointed with how they treated rizwan's storyline because he's supposed to be the like this uber driver i guess that's something doing on the side of the episode when he sees the plane crash and then throughout the whole entire episode phoebe is even saying he's obviously having to undergo some stress but all it takes for his storyline to resolve by the end is um him having some drinks uh, at a bar or a restaurant with alec and alec being like look you don't have ptsd you just kind of have to get over it and rizwan (laughs) being like you know what i didn't think about that you didn't think that all you had to do was get over it and that's how they decided to just tie it up in a bow yes and and the it's actually interesting you say that because I was fine that they wanted to have a happy ending with this thing. There's a vigil for most of the people that are uh, for the people that died on the plane. And I was fine with that. But it was jamming it down your throats just how happy ending this uh, story was supposed to be. For example, mm-hmm. you have in the background, the chorus uh, is for the song that they have. I know there's going to be some brighter days. And then you have Rory kind of honoring his brother and just turning to the main characters. Again, Alex, Rizwan, and Phoebe being like, you know what? I really, I really just wanted to honor my brother. You don't brother. like the fluffy stuff. And then being like, you really did, while being crowded by this vigil for the plane. It was so ridiculous. And I was sad because, again, when it focused on the main story with the uh, plane stuff, it felt like Do it was Do you remember watching Bull? Which has, yes. again, a main character who's very special uh, yes. and can solve crimes. This is the same showrunner. Would that surprise you? Okay, that makes actually a lot more yeah, he sense. He also wrote the episode. 
when thinking back to Bull, I remember a lot of that was kind of, uh, it, it took place in the courtroom where the lawyer was trying different tactics. And mm -hmm. it makes a lot more sense that you say that because Alex is a professor. In fact, one of my favorite parts of the episode is when he is describing, I don't think it's what the Barnum effect is, but it's a segment where he's talking to his students and he plays that famous chant where you don't know what they're saying, but if you read it, you're able to hear what they're saying. So it's like, uh, that is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, like on, Annie, on, Laurel. Annie Laurel, but it, Annie, yeah, that it's, was it's a more famous version of that. If you heard the chant, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where it's like, that is embarrassing, or this isn't my receipt, or Bart Simpson bouncing. I actually thought that segment was my was the best scene in the whole episode, because I felt like I was actually learning something from the irrational, from the professor. Well, it is interesting, because obviously they have just tons of behavioral science that they can use for these episodes. However, the person it's based off of, because it's based off of a, a, a real book uh, predictably irrational by dan arilles is it um, an autobiography or arilles what is it an autobiography uh no it's so he does do you remember incognito i remember recommending you that yes. book. that's from like a neuroscientist it's about the brain right? Yeah, yeah like eagleman i think wrote that but um he discusses all these trials and stuff that even he performed um as well as like other people and how they fit into this narrative this guy is known for doing something very similar he discusses a bunch of cases he does ted talks he talks about how behavioral science and societal like norms that we expect and, and tries to break those sort of like Malcolm Gladwell does. Mm -hmm. uh, he also like goes into businesses and tries to like restructure how um, they might be misunderstanding things. So he came out with this study, uh, I think many years ago, um, that was talking about how if you sign something at the top, you're more honest than if you sign it at the bottom. Turns out huh. a lot of his work has been proven to be fraudulent. Oh, wait, so, that, so that's not actually right. But he's right. still consulting on the show. He's still, I, I mean, there's a, there's just a community out there that's kind of upset with him right now. So the show, so I mean, let me understand this. So right. yeah, like the Barnum it's about effect, him. It's, he didn't do Barnum. Yeah, like, you know how he has a scar in the show? Uh, Alex yes, does? it has. He has it on his cheek and I was wondering about that. They discussed that. that. I, I assume in the pilot, he like got, there was a church bomb and he was in that. But the guy, um, again, I'm going to murder his name because I just don't know how to pronounce the last part of it. But again, Dan Ariely he has a scar as well that he got I think when he was a student from some sort of fire and uh, so they they also took that and so it is like partially based on real life stuff but but like it's a weird hybrid version I've just never seen it where the person that they're making the show about is at the same time facing a scandal of like how much of your data have you made up was because this, it wasn't just one study there were multiple studies where they're like did this even happen was this right before the show aired or has this been going on for years well the most recent stuff has been from like August and July so it is pretty recent however it's there have been stuff from previous years that were highlighted. In 2012, I think, is when they first came under fire for earlier studies where uh -huh. they tried to repeat the same results and they weren't getting the same results. <laughs> so these people were coming out and saying, this doesn't make sense. Then he would cop to certain things like, oh, I, I didn't see the final edit of it and I wasn't in charge, even though he would have been technically. Yeah, he so, would, he's the one that's coming up with this. Stuff, well, they right? need the documents before they were published. Yeah. So a, a lot of it is like, is did he just get famous by publishing stuff that he knew wasn't 100% legit just mm -hmm. to follow his own uh, narratives? But um, 
at the same time, you can still enjoy the show because it doesn't depend on his research. Yeah, no, one thing I was really glad about was, uh, and it was something that found absolutely had, was annoying side characters. Here, Rizwan and Phoebe, I was fine with. Even though I didn't like Rizwan's storyline, his character, I actually thought that they were getting stuff done, which usually in these type of TV shows, they just have some side storyline that doesn't really have to do with anything. Here, they were trying to, again, see it with Rory with the flight simulator, see why Lucas was trying to land the plane that way before they learned about the firm issue. I also find it interesting how with Lie to Me, we talked about in Found, it ha- it stars the main woman from that. But this show is definitely more substance wise parallel to that show. It Does feels, that make sense? Because yes. he's like reading people's emotions and he's got a team around I him. I was going to say, the, the content feels more real. With Found, it just felt like it was so manufactured. Here, it seemed like what they were actually uh, investigating, this plane crash, seemed like it could actually happen in the world that they were living in. So That's do you, does this feel like a USA to, a USA show, like Psych and, um, and Monk, or does it feel more like um, a Fox show? Um, I would still put it in the CBS NBC, ABC category. It still follows the same exact pattern. Has so it's not the same as quirky tone. or jokey as like those other ones. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully not. Because no I don't, th- I don't think it would help this show at all. And it still keeps the same kind of case by week structure. You can still watch any episode of this, and I think you're going to be able to catch up and be completely fine. There is also one more show coming out on NBC with John Cryer and Donald Faison leading a comedy called Extended Family. So that's <laughs> wait, wait, Donald Faison from Scrubs. Yes. And John Cryer from Two and a Half Men are doing a comedy. Yes. Called Extended Family. You can already <laughs> see where that's going. You know, it's going to be fun. And then also Shonda Rhimes, uh, creator of Grey's Anatomy, um, Scandal, right. uh, Inventing Anna. Her company is going to produce a documentary on Black Barbie. So on Black Barbie? I think it's just obviously going with the Barbenheimer thing and it's just like cashing in how, all that. Yeah, because so Netflix is going to produce that as well. Um, but uh, other than that, anything else you want to talk about specifically for the episode? It was directed by John Turleski and uh, again, Mark Goffman, the uh, showrunner of Bull, is the one who wrote it. Um, and then uh, it got a, I guess, a 3.94 million viewers. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so I mean, that seems like it's going to be better than than usual, right? With no, nah, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's okay. I think it's it's probably good. Yeah, I think this is a lot better than um, the case by week shows that we do. That being said, though, I would still give it a five out of ten because I just found the side storylines and also the way that it wrapped up to be too uh, too happy. <laughs> it's got a six point eight on IMDb and then like a lower Rotten Tomato score critic wise, but audience wise, it's in the seventies. This seems like a show that that's going to be renewed for a lot of seasons. Like I can imagine six years seeing found on, wow. or the irrational on TV. People do like the main six. character, the Jesse L. Martin. Guy. Yes, his and acting was probably the best. Out and of since all he's of them. so used to playing that detective character, I can see him doing that for a while too. Yeah, uh, other than that, um, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.